Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Brought to you by Black and Tan Sports. What is up, everybody? Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Puck and Hustle Shoutcast number eight. Uh, today is uh, Tuesday night, July 29th, about uh, eh, roughly 9.30. Uh, gatekeeper here with my usual partner, Patrick Stankus from... Both of us from PuckinHustle.com. Uh, Patrick, you can find him at uh, on the Twitters at uh, Patrick underscore Stankus. And for the first time, we bring on an actual guest, not just an interview. Our guest tonight is Keith Schultz from Blackhawks Up or Black Hawk Up. Sorry, Keith, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Cool, man. It's good to have you, man. And uh, Pat, how you doing, buddy? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't getting tired of my golf game, but I'm not yet. <laughs> I think we're all getting tired of golf games today, or right about now. I as mean, soon even, as it turns to August, then I'll get tired of it. Yeah, I mean, right now we can't even enjoy good weather. I mean, it's good weather, but it's not like last year at this time was like, what, 100 degrees every day? Just and about. Here, and here we are, like tonight, it's probably like, what, the, probably the 60s. So I'm not going to complain too much, though, because... Uh, like I said, I, I don't have to have the air conditioning on. I can have the windows open and stuff. So, it seems like every time we do these puck ca- or these sh- uh, shoutcasts, that uh, the the weather is like flaky in one way or another. At least we have power this time, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had to put that one shoutcast off because they had no power. So, uh, anyway, Keith, uh, <clears throat> I know we've uh, we correspond back and forth on Twitter now and then, but um, how long have you been doing uh, Blackhawk Up? I've been on since the beginning of 2012, and uh, when Greg went to Second City, I took over as the editor in September of 2012. And, so, I'm, yeah. so I'm in charge for about two years now. Very good, very good. And Greg, we know him well. That's Greg from uh, Second City Hockey, who actually, as of right now, is going to be our next guest in the next shoutcast. So uh, a little bit of irony in that. Um. Let's see. I, I, I mean, uh, really, Blackhawk Up, you guys are the, the fan-sided uh, Blackhawk site, which is – you guys are kind of fil- affiliated with uh, Sports Illustrated loosely, right? 
Yeah, all of our stuff gets put on their website in the like in the Chicago Blackhawks category. But, but we're not, you know, directly involved, but we get we get a lot of our posts put on the the site that way. Right, they kind of brand you as an SI thing on the site and stuff. I was doing some kind of uh I was doing some recon and checking you guys out a little a little closer. And uh yeah, I saw the SI brand on there. Um I noticed uh some of the other people who, you know, people may recognize from Twitter, the Twitterverse. Um, you guys, uh, your staff, I believe, includes uh, Sean Fitzgerald, Andrew Gregory, Skylar Peters, Josh Brink, Brian Kincaid, Erica McPhee, Tim Lively, uh, Chris Schubert, and Johanna Louder. Correct? I believe you got them all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to do a little recon just to make sure, you know, that, uh, and of course, they were all people that you should follow on Twitter, so... You can, uh, you can find them all on the uh, the Blackhawk Up site. Uh, there's a, a nice page that lays them all out with all their Twitter accounts and everything on them. So if everyone could go out and follow them, that would be cool too. So anyway, formalities aside, um, I guess we could probably just get into like uh, what's going on and uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, as I usually put it. Um, you know, the summer's been slow. There hasn't been a whole lot going on. Actually, really, uh, since the free agent period, the most action we've seen, or, or a majority of the action was in the last couple of days. And uh, really, the the only things that, uh, that like, Blackhawks fans might be interested in were a couple of former Blackhawk names that signed, both today, actually, because uh, the arbitrations... The arbitration hearings are beginning, so people are trying to slam in contracts right before they get into arbitration. But uh, Michael Froelich today signed a one-year deal worth $3.3 million with Winnipeg. Uh, Jimmy Hayes, everyone, you know, Pat and I have talked about Jimmy Hayes and the Hayes brothers at length. Um, Jimmy signed a one-year deal with Florida today for a reported... Just under one million nine hundred twenty-five thousand, and it's a one-way deal. So he'll be playing full time in the NHL this year. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I think it's I'll go a good back. Deal yeah, I'll go back to what I said before too. What the hell was the point of the last lockout after I saw for a leaks contract? Yeah, well, you know, uh, Slacky from uh, Hockey Night was saying today he's like. Uh, Froelich was nice, but he isn't that nice. Exactly. You know, um, he's okay. I mean, it's a one-year deal. Who knows what's going to happen next year? Maybe they wanted this. Maybe he wanted like a you know quote unquote type of bridge deal just to get him over until they actually uh, increase the cap. I don't know. Who knows? His, his still his best season was in Florida, like his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah he had a. Uh, that's when I thought he was going to come over to the Hawks and he was going to actually light it up, but he didn't. They just, you know, they, when you're getting bottom six minutes, you're not going to really light the world on fire, I guess. So, you know, he's a, he's a nice role player, I guess. Uh, it's tough to see him. Or on Winnipeg, he'll fit in in a top six, uh, maybe top nine type minutes, but with the Hawks, he wasn't going to fit in. And for sure as hell with that kind of money he was not going to stay anyway so people could really get over that uh, trade now yeah uh, but we'll always have the uh, highlight of him scoring the penalty shot against Detroit so it all that was nice 
I was there for that. That was fantastic. (laughs) That was beautiful. I love that play. Uh, You know, he was a good player. I I guess I can't really condemn him for getting $3.3 million because we have useless Christopher Stieg making $2.2 million, and that's only because Florida's eaten half of his salary. Well, didn't Winnipeg have to get to the salary cap floor, too? Uh, I'm not sure entirely. They may have. But they, no, they, like, it's not like they made a whole lot of deals this year. So I know like half the Eastern Conference still has to get to the cap floor. Right. This is true. That's because uh, the talent's in the West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's all in the Central, actually. It's not even just in the West. It's all in the Central Division. Which that was a, an article that I saw this week. Uh, Ryan Lambert put up about how pretty much the Central is where it's at. And the Blackhawks were the top of that. Which, you know, that's nice to hear. <laughs> so, but, uh, you know, those are, like I said, those are two Blackhawks, familiar names. Uh, uh, I did see that, uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Kevin Hayes posted something about congratulations to my brother about signing another year in Florida. Uh, you know, we've gone on and on about him and where he may land up because it's not going to be Chicago. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this today. I had, I was joking around on the Twitter today about, uh, I guess, NBC Sports or something put something up about, you know, who was the best uh, San Jose Sharks player of all time or something like that, and they wanted people to vote on it or something. Yeah, your picture is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put uh, Arthur Zirbe up there. And I was actually joking, and uh, as I was coming home, I noticed this, you know, occasionally people retweet and whatever the case is, and I noticed that uh, porn star Amber Rain retweeted my uh, my post about it, and I was like, uh, you know, you know, bu- like a bucket list thing. I was finally retweeted by a porn star for some, you know, for something having nothing to do with porn, <laughs> and she actually responded to me about it, saying something about how she's a big. Uh, Sharks fan or something like that. I'm like, all right, I guess, you know, credit to you. If you're a hockey fan, you actually know who Archer's Bay is because she's probably, you know, got to be in her early mid-20s. So Archer's Bay is, you know, he's, uh, you know, late 90s goalie, so. Wasn't but, he the goalie right after uh, Belfour in, in San Jose? Yeah, it was either. Yeah, it was. I think it was big, so. Yeah. It was that, and uh, he actually also played in uh, Carolina, too. I remember him on Carolina a lot, too. Yeah, yeah. He had that great mask, the cage, <laughs> the big bowl cage. I mean, he, he finally went to the Jofa one that was more straight, but uh, when he first started, he had that big bowl cage that was awesome. His pads looked like sofa cushions, too. Yeah, well, hey, hey I, used the, I used pads like those when I first started, so. Who hasn't? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's really the, as far as the league, the league goes, I mean, that was really it. There's not much more going on. Blackhawks certainly haven't really done a whole lot of anything. And, uh, you know, it's just speculation now about what's going to happen before, you know, camp starts, whether they're going to, you know, unleash salary before the, the, uh, before the seat, you know, before the camp starts or what you would hope they're going to do it before camp, but who knows? 
so let's see. Last week we had prospect camp. Uh, last weekend, I'm sorry, it was prospect camp, which I didn't uh, get to go to. Uh, we started to talk about it a little bit. Um, I think uh, Zach and I talked about it a little bit. Keith, did you? Uh, were any of your p- people up at uh, Prospect Camp at all or anything? Uh, Sean Fitzgerald went on the first day of Prospect Camp, so he was there on Sunday. That's the only one that actually got down to it. Yeah, I was think you know, if if I had the time, I was going to go up on Sunday, but I just uh, had too much going on, so. From what I hear, it wasn't as, um, there weren't as many, uh, showcases, I guess you could say, this time around. I think they kind of held a lot of the top prospects, you know, they kind of, uh, tried to prevent them from getting hurt or whatever the case is, and kind of showcased more of the, you know, real prospects, you know, college players and, like, people like Nick Schmaltz and, uh, and stuff, but, you know, Tava was there. Johns was there, Clendenning was there, but um, I don't know that they really did anything. So I don't think I don't think any of us really missed much. Did yeah, uh, I, I didn't? Uh, I didn't get a chance to go down there this year. Yeah, I'm hoping hope maybe next year. But uh, did uh, did you guys uh, notice anything, uh, Keith? I mean, the only thing I noticed was the, how little news was coming out of camp after the first day. It was like. Last year was nonstop news coming out of it, and maybe it was because you were you were you know tweeting a lot of stuff. But it was like this year we weren't getting nothing. It was just snippets here of hating this, hating to that, and that was about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I you know usually you, you know I was trying to when I was there I was trying to you know at least like play by play the goals or something like that. Just give some you know give people something to see, and uh, or and uh, I I saw nothing, so. But anyway, that was that. Um, Prospect Camp was last week. Fan convention was last weekend. I'm sorry. The Prospect Camp was during the week. But uh, I don't know that any of us were at fan convention because I, no, I have no need to go to fan convention. But uh, I don't know. Were any of your guys there, Keith? Uh, no, none of my guys went. They, they all were like, we've gone in the past and we've been there, done that. So... I mean, yeah. I'm sure it's great, like, the first time you go down there and see all that. But, I mean, it's now it, I think it gets too big. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's just a yuck fest. It's just a yuck, yuck, yuck. Everyone's there, you know, putting on their, you know, kissing babies and, and putting on their smiley faces. And there's not really, the only thing that, uh, the only bit of controversy at all was um, Casey... Uh, who's Ray dances on Twitter. She, uh, during one of the like GM, uh, you know, uh, panels, she brought up something about, uh, you know, the Blackhawks objectifying women and, uh, you know, throwing them out there and basically trampy outfits, uh, you know, for the ice girls and things like that. But, you know, and of course, none of them wanted to touch that. They, uh, as someone said, I think it was maybe from ESPN, it was some reporter house said how they all uh, uh, pretty much synchronized reaching for a glass of water at the same time when that, when that was brought up. So that's something they don't want to touch at all. So, but um, Casey's, a, you know, someone who I kind of know, gone to lunch with her a couple times with the, with the Hockey Night guys and 
Uh, she's a good girl. So uh, props to her for, you know, actually bringing up a question that might, you know, be it might have a little bit of controversy. But uh, they, didn't, of course, they didn't answer anything. But at least she attempted. I heard the other highlight from the convention was Seabrook being too hungover on Saturday. I did hear that. I did hear that Seabrook was hungover, and I heard that he stunk like booze bad. <laughs> but that could have been, I mean, I, I think for Stieg's wedding was that weekend, too. So he could have been at for Stieg's wedding. Yeah. So I'll, I'll cut him a little bit of slack on that one. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Someone's getting arrested. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, you know, the fan convention. I got really, like I said, unless my kids make me, make me go, I really, I haven't gone yet and I don't plan on going. I know somebody who went the first year and he said, that's enough for me. And then I have another friend who goes every year who thinks it's the greatest thing ever. So I guess it's up to your own opinion on that, but I, I wouldn't be one that has to go every year probably. Oh, I would guess any of us who follow the Blackhawks as close as we do. I don't know that this is going to do much for us, you know, but, you know, if you're a fan, if you're, you know, a big fan, not necessarily a diehard, but, and you want to go there and watch them yuck it up and, you know, some fabricated panels and, you know, dancing around and playing comedians, well, then fine. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to drive, I'm not going to go down there by myself, but. Like I said, my kids may enjoy that, but my kids are, you know, two and six. So, uh, so that aside, um, Blackhawks are pretty much done with just about everything until training camp starts. It's going to be, you know, a slow, quiet period, I guess. Yes. August is definitely going to drag for news. Yeah, it is. Well, you know what? We all need a break, though. I guess, you know. Until you get that random-ass trade in the middle of August. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you get people like Maxim Shalunov, <laughs> who signs over on the KHL, which was the big news of, uh, the big Blackhawks news of this week. Uh, prospect, Russian prospect, who uh, was a pretty a good-sized guy. Um, so was this like the ECHL equivalent of uh, Igor Makarov? Yeah, something like that. And it wasn't even like uh, the way they made it out when they reported it was like that he was in the AHL all year long. He wasn't. He played over in Toledo for a majority of the season. So he didn't have a terrible season, but I mean, it is Toledo for Christ's sake, you know? So is it possible the Toledo Olive Garden is worse than the Rock Vegas Olive Garden? <laughs> that could be. That could very well be. Although there will be no Toledo this year since the Hawks move over to Indy. Their, uh, their ECHL team will be the uh, the Indy team. Indy Fire, very exciting. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I posted something up today and, or the other day about it, and someone's like, well, it isn't anything if it's not the Fort Wayne Comets. <laughs> like it really if we're going to be pissing if we're going to be you know oh my god if we're going to be commenting about that the ECHL teams I mean Jesus I played in the I played in the rink where the uh the Comets the Fort Wayne Comets practice this year twice actually I played in two tournaments there and it's nothing to write home about so 
Yeah, he played 20 games in Rockford. He got four assists. Yeah, right. Four assists, and then in Toledo, he was uh, he had 34 points in 43 games, which isn't bad. But again, that's the ECHL. So, yeah. you know, he was a fourth round draft pick by the Blackhawks in 2011. So I guess you know. He was. I remember seeing him in prospect camp, and he was a big guy. I was expecting for. I don't know why, but I was expecting him to be a small guy. But he's a good sized guy. He's like six three, six four. You know, in the almost one hundred ninety pounds. So, whatever. He's. I think he signed a two year deal over there. Whatever. In, enjoy the Russian equivalent of the AHL. <laughs> The minus twenty two in Toledo really sticks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not always something, but it, you know, if you're negative twenty two in the ECHL, although their team, I don't think that the, the Toledo Walleye were all that good either. No. So. That's a great team nickname, though the Walleye. The Walleye, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a great hockey logo for a minor league team. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of, with the colors and everything, I think it kind of reminded me of uh, when Chicago, for the one season, they had the Hounds playing out of the Sears Center. They uh, they were like, you know, black and blue, and they had a little bit of gold and silver in it. It kind of reminded me of the same color scheme of that. Of course, that was short-lived, but... So, that that's the big Hawks news right there. <laughs> That's that's I guess where we're gonna you know leave the Blackhawks news, but um, I guess we got we we also have some things you know we can kind of really go over with. Uh, there's some articles floated because really what now? What more do we have to do with this this time of the year? But just speculate on what line combinations are going to be. Uh, I, Scott Powers from ESPN put up a couple articles. The first one was the Blackhawks. Um, line speculation, which I don't think any of us were surprised at all by what he put together. Um, you know, you could probably, let's see, he said Sharp and Taves and Hosa on the first line. Saad, Richards, Kane on the second line, Bickle, Shaw, and maybe more Nervostig on the third line. And the fourth line could be any mishmash of Marcus Kruger, Ben Smith, and uh, Regan, Manshitter, Morin, or Versteeg. So, I mean, I don't know that Sharp's going to play on that first line. But other than that... I don't think he's going to play with the Hawks, to be honest with you. (laughs) We definitely have contemplated that. that, that, Yeah. You know, Sharp may not be with the Hawks when the season starts. But as it gets later and later, I mean... What are you going to get back for him? And I don't know that Bowman's going to necessarily want to trade him if he's not going to get anything in return. The longer it goes towards training camp, the more I think they're going to hang on to him. But you're you're running that risk of you know do you trade him now when his stock's high or risk the injury during the year? And it's a slippery slope to be on. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, you hang on to them all year long, and then teams know you're desperate to get rid of them. I don't know where to go with this. Uh, I don't know if there's something more going on in the background. I don't know, Keith, if you've heard anything, but... I kept hearing Mon- uh, Montreal, but now that they signed Lars Eller, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. 
Well, and I think they started Lars Eller. I think they signed him for like a really nice deal. It wasn't too expensive. It was only like what three million or something. It was. I think it was less than Bickle's contract. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a lot less than Bickle's contract. Um, you know, and then teams do need defense, so maybe getting maybe uh, dumping Odui is going to be you know a possibility. Um, or Letty, which I'd rather get rid of Odui than Letty, but. Quinville doesn't seem to like Letty, and it's uh, you know it's a whole soap opera. It's nice to see uh, Runblad's name in the projected pairings. <laughs> <laughs> I sense a little sarcasm. Just a little. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you you know he is still on the team, so you got to put him somewhere. Yeah. Unless you just you know sign him up to sit in the press box all year long, which is money well spent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention the draft picks given up for him too. Yeah, well, that, we could have used that second round draft pick. So really, uh, that article really didn't give you anything but show you the obvious. Uh, the interest, the more, little more interesting one was uh, when when uh, he put up a, a Rockford. AHL lineup prediction, which I didn't expect, but kind of entertaining to look at. Um, as we kind of expect, uh, Tevu is listed as the first line center in Rock Vegas. Uh, with, as they say, Mark McNeil, uh, who the Blackhawks have pretty much stated that they wanted to make he, he's he's a natural center but they kind of want to make him a right wing in the NHL so he's listed as the right wing on the, on the line with Tevu and then uh, noted face puncher Pierre Cedric Labray playing on the first line is Tevu's you know keeper pretty much his Marty McSorley yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen or not I, I, I don't it just doesn't seem right to me but it may happen. Who knows? Uh, second line was uh, Garrett Ross, who's a good you know, prospect, basically uh, Andrew Shaw, light. Alex Broadhurst, who's a Tinley Park or Orland Park native. And Joachim Nordstrom uh, is, is the second line. Uh, natural center Matt Carey is listed as the left wing on the third line with Deneau and Ryan Hartman, last year's uh, first-round draft pick. Fourth line is another center, Drew LeBlanc, and uh, Dennis Rasmussen, who the Blackhawks signed this year from the Swedish League, and Cody Bass, who's another AHL face puncher. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's I looking like I got to take a trip to Rockford a couple times this year. Well, yeah, you know it's going to be interesting. A it's bunch a fight, of centers out there. Fight night every uh, Saturday night. Yeah, I'd be excited to watch the Hartman one, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting because they were the Hawks are very high on Deneau. You know, they want him to be the like basically the next Dave Boland, but he hasn't just stepped up to that level just yet. 
they may need him next year if uh, Kruger's not back, which is a very good chance that he won't be back. So well, They keep flight floating that uh, Deneau needs to become the next Kruger line all the time in the papers and stuff. Yeah. And from, from everything I've heard, he's, you know, he can do it. I mean, he's really any competent center can play fourth line center in the NHL. So I think starting him off at the fourth line in the NHL level isn't going to, you know, it's not going to hurt you for sure. Uh, Drew LeBlanc, who was, you know, it, it, it sometimes, you know, sometimes last year he was, Slotted into that second line center, not last year actually, two years ago. People thought he may take take they take that second line center is now, you know, a fourth line left wing in the AHL. So we can all see where that's going. Downhill um, really fast. Yeah, and then Matt Carey last year, who played with the Blackhawks for a couple games, third line left wing. So I don't know. They're full of centers down there, but none of them are centers that, other than Tevu. And maybe to know, there's no one really that stands out. It's, I guess it's you know it's all up in the air. Someone's got to jump up and grab those positions. So I'm I'm kind of interested. I wanted to see actually what Rasmussen had because I believe he was at uh, prospect camp. I kind of wanted to see how he looked, but of course I didn't get out there. So. I'll be looking forward to seeing what he, uh, what kind of talent he has. I, I don't know too much about him from him coming over this year, but be interesting to see what he can bring to the table. Because he's got decent size and everything, but playing fourth line in the AHL isn't going to get you anywhere fast. Yeah. So, and uh, we've kind of talked about the the defense a little bit. Uh, Klaus Dahlbeck, Stephen Johns, uh, Victor Svedberg, Adam Clendenning. And then uh, the third uh, third pairing of James Van Riemdyk, Van's Riem, Van Riemsdyk's brother Trevor, and uh, Kyle Kamiski, who the Blackhawks signed as a depth guy, uh, are listed as the fourth line players. Uh, you have Brisbois, Fournier, uh, Zach. Miskovic and Kirill Godovitz as depth players, probably any combination will be healthy scratches. I thought I, I kind of found the Godovitz signing interesting because he was he came over to the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks actually had his rights. He came over in the uh, the parity trade when uh, when they traded parity over to Tampa Bay. They got the rights to Godovitz, and they and they didn't re-sign him. Yet, Rockford signs him to an AHL deal. So, all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, and then that brings us to the the point that Pat brought up to me just before we uh, started recording, which was the goaltending down in AHL, which is pretty damn putrid. You better hope and pray Crawford doesn't get hurt. That's all I'm going to say. Well, yeah. At least they have Ranta to back him up. Yeah, but you got nothing else really to no, no. support it. No. There was speculation that they were going to go out and, and sign another depth, you know, AHL guy, kind of like kind of like they did last year. So, But you got Scott. Uh, 
Is Martin Gerber available? <laughs> I'm sure he is. <laughs> I'm sure he's begging for a job. Yeah. It, uh, so Rockford's uh, glorious three goalies are going to be Scott Darling, Kent Simpson, and Matt Carruth. Matt the Truth Carruth. Is <laughs> now a number three goalie in Rockford. Yeah. Who played, you know, last year in the ECHL. Although Carruth, I will say, did Carruth and Simpson actually both had really good numbers uh, when they uh, when they were playing in uh, the juniors, but they it just hasn't translated over. It could be that they're playing on bad teams, but I'm not you know. Really good goalies usually still play decently with bad teams. So I'll just point to that. Uh, I think it was the Toronto game last year when Ranta got yanked and you had Simpson come in, and that's the part that just I don't. I you better just hope that Crawford can stay healthy because if the Hawks don't do anything with that. You're setting up for that one-two punch of Ranta and an unproven backup. Then, yeah, yeah, we we don't want to see Ken Simpson playing for the Blackhawks this year. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> no, I mean he's an okay HL goalie, but maybe you could get Chris Mason on the line for for a backup. I'm sure he's looking for a job. <laughs> There's got to be someone out there. I mean, I, I without even looking at the list, I'm sure there's goalies out there. So Bowman's got to be doing something. They probably have like a handshake deal with somebody ready to go once they uh, clear cap space or something. Tim Thomas. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll go over well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, really, if you look at the one injury the Hawks can't afford is Crawford. No. No, they cannot. So for all the meatballs out there that – that don't want Crawford around. What is our? What is the alternative? It's you know a duel of Anti Ranta and Scott Darling. <laughs> I mean, we don't want to see that because that will that could be a nightmare. That's the Hindenburg right there. This whole conversation was exactly what I was waiting for when we got on this topic. Yeah. So it's not a good situation to be in. Definitely. No, it's not. I mean. The, the, Blackhawks have definitely had years where they were, you know, they seemed a little slightly stacked at goalie and things like that. This is not that year. No. No, this is not. Even though, from what I read, Darling, he only played 26 AHL games last year, and he had six shutouts, which is kind of ironic. And I guess uh, I I could go back and look at the stats, but, um, yeah, the Icehawks goalies didn't record a single shutout last year. Jason LaBarbera, the great Jason LaBarbera, didn't didn't record any shutouts last year. Didn't uh, Darling play in Milwaukee last year? Yes. Yeah. That, well, you know, you had Pecorine and uh, Anders Limbach come through the system there, so maybe it was the coaching and the system more than the goalie. Oh yeah, you I, never know. Well, I don't know. Uh, Preds had a decent he had a decent farm system too, so. I'm just trying to beat this topic down as much as I can because I don't like the situation they're in, so I'm going to be Debbie Downer about anything possible. Yeah, well, they don't have anything. I mean, <laughs> Crawford's it right now for the Blackhawks. So. I mean, everybody can point to the six shutouts by Darling last year, but you know that's not a good situation to still be in. Yeah, I will put money on the fact that Scott Darling is not going to get six shutouts for the Rockford Ice Hogs <laughs> this year. I'm going on record right now to say that. <laughs> then I'm running to Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. So, although, you know, with with all of our predictions before, what was my prediction? My prediction was the Blackhawks will not sign Brad Richards. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
I said Kane would end up in Buffalo, so yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I've had my hits and I've had my misses, so when I miss, I miss, I miss real good. So that's uh, that's pretty much that with the, the line speculations. I'll let that go. I mean, you can only beat that into the ground so much. So, um, we'll close that down. Uh, I, I did kind of gloss over any, like, recent signings other than, you know, any that were Blackhawks-centric. Um, you know, scanning over the list of recent uh, signings, you had Ryan O'Reilly, uh, Lars Eller, like we talked about, uh, James Reimer, which was interesting in Toronto, that Reimer's back in Toronto. I didn't didn't necessarily see that coming. Uh, I don't think people in Toronto saw it coming either. Yeah. <laughs> Noted dickbag Antoine Roussel resigned in Dallas. <laughs> and it's always good to have someone like that to hate, though. Come on. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be that person out there. Well, that's him. <laughs> Well, some, now that the Vancouver rivalry is dead, you got to have somebody else to beat. Some know, guy, res- some, hate. Some, yeah, some guy responded to me about that. How I said, you know, basically uh, worthless clown, and he's like, oh, it looks like someone's jealous. I'm like, yeah, I'm clearly jealous of Antoine Roussel. Jealous of a guy who backs down from his fights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what? David Booth signed in Toronto, which was kind of interesting. Zuccarello resigned. Chris Kreider resigned. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of movement uh, other than, you know, like today with Frolik and Hayes. Didn't uh, Broussard sign over the weekend? I believe, yes, he did. He resigned with the Rangers. That was $5 million a year. So. Yeah. <laughs> Five years. That's a little crazy. That's a little high for a Dirk Broussard. And then didn't uh, I think it was Gardner signed today in Toronto for four million a year? Yes, four, just over four. So, are we going to compare Jake Gardner to Nicholas Jalmerson on the four million dollar defense uh, defenseman? Well, Plento? you can, but <laughs> yeah, it's just that, that's my whole point right there about yeah. the lockout. What was the point of it? Yeah. Uh, there was no point for the lockout. <laughs> no, there wasn't. There really wasn't. It, it didn't do anything. It just made things worse, to be honest. Yeah. What about the blue signing today? What did you guys think of that? That was kind of under the radar. It was Mueller, right? Yeah. Is it St. Louis? Yeah. Who knows what that's, you know. I believe it's a low-risk signing. It can't hurt, so... Good for them. I mean, I guess, you know, they got a little more, more depth. I still don't think, uh, I mean, I don't know. They lost, like we, me and Pat talked about before, losing Sabatka, that was big. You know, it, it may not be looked at too terrible right now, but I think he was a, a major, you know, he was like the, the Boland of that team when Boland was Boland, when Boland was Dave Boland, <laughs> you know? Before he, the fifteen back surgeries, yeah, he was he was a shutdown guy, you know. So I think they're going to miss him, and I don't think Steve Ott makes up for that loss. No. So, so I would I, agree, though. It's a nice low risk move. If it yeah. pays off, it pays off. Yeah. Uh, 
the one team who, who it's kind of funny because you don't hear much about them anymore and they they didn't sign any big free agents and uh they're kind of getting swept under the carpet is uh Detroit uh they signed they signed Thomas Tatar they re-signed Thomas Tatar but other than that I mean nobody they, wants to go there no they don't I'm sure Babcock didn't help the situation when he said, "If you don't want to be coached, don't come here." Well, he kind of does. He then again, t- it's Mike Babcock. I'm pretty much going to listen to what he says. Yeah. I mean, if you want to go to a team that's got a history and is rebuilding, and uh, you know, I guess I think, you could go there. I think if they get that new arena that they proposed, it'll probably change. Yeah, well, actually, I listened to I was listening to a podcast this week where um, it's not even a proposed arena; it's going to happen. I thought it was proposed. I heard that it's definitely going to happen because the I believe I don't remember what podcast it is. It's uh, a couple college kids, um, but they uh, one of them is a Detroit fan and lives in Detroit. So from what he said. They're going to move uh, – that arena is going to be right by the – where the Tigers play. Mm-hmm. And uh, it basically, it's going to be a whole, like, sports complex kind of deal where you can actually, like, go to the restaurants when the uh, when the, uh, the stadium's closed and stuff. Sounds like it's going to be, you know, kind of a nice little, like, sports complex they're going to have there. If it's over by where the Tigers play, I think the Tigers play across the street from uh, the Lions. So it'll be a mini little sports, you know, area there in Detroit. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. I got to be honest. From my experience going to the Joe, anything's got to be better than where the Joe was at right now. Well, because it's not in a very good area. Anything's got to be better than Detroit <laughs> itself. The burnt yeah. out fucking ruins of Detroit. How do they get any public money though for it? I don't. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know who's going to finance it. Uh, I don't know if you know. I think we're financing it when we go buy our five dollar Little Caesars pizzas. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I work with a I work with a guy that's a huge Detroit fan, and by the end of the I'm year, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. But by the end of the year, he's like, I don't know anyone on the ice. Who are these guys? <laughs> yeah. I, I play hockey with a guy who's a, an enormous uh, Detroit fan, which just goes to show his uh, character. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Detroit this, though. Once you get inside Joe Lewis Arena, it's one of the cooler arenas that I've been in. Oh, yeah. But I can imagine. driving to Detroit, uh, it's not fun at all. No, I've been to Detroit, to Detroit a couple times, and I stayed... Um, Right near where the Pistons play. If I was there, I don't remember. Oh, I was there for a concert or something like that, and I stayed like right by where the Pistons play. I drove through Detroit because I actually, I'm like, if I'm going to be this close to Detroit, I actually want to see Detroit. Yeah. So I kind of, I took the long way home and drove through Detroit, drove down by Detroit. But even like someone that I know who lived there was like, it's just a burnt out, like everything's, you know, just ruined, just empty buildings and burnt out buildings and stuff. So. Yeah, there's like there's literally no streetlights from the time you get off the expressway until you get to Joe Louis Arena. It's just darkness. That's all you see. There's nothing to see. It's like National Lampoon's Vacation when they're driving through <laughs> the ghetto. <laughs> it, it is. It's Roll sad, up. but that's what it. It's the truth. Yeah. 
yeah, I guess we're going to see. I, there was some, like, I, I, my he was, this guy that I know that lived in Detroit was showing me some kind of things. And there's, like, this really cool, like, train station that was just, like, completely left to fall apart. Like, right in the heart of the city. It's, like, this big, you know, beautiful, like, uh, you know, historic structure. And they just left it to just fall apart. And it, and they said that that's like you know a, a lot of the cities like that. Well, it's even like that in the uh, where the Lions the Lions used to play at uh, the Silverdome, and they yeah. just let that go to fall apart too without taking any care of that either. But I don't necessarily think that was the city of Detroit that ran that, but it was a suburb, so I'm going to consider it Detroit. I do remember seeing a video of that. Someone was actually in the Silverdome, and they like this year. And just, you know, the roof's all caved in. It's all torn to pieces yeah. from what I saw. Yeah. I mean, if you're not going to do anything with it, tear it the fuck down, you know? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe they let all the Lions fans go nuts after that 0-16 season. I yeah. Mean, have at it. I do like the look of the Ford, Ford field, though. Like, from TV, it kind of looks cool. It's got kind of an old-school brick feeling to it. But if that yeah, if that arena does go over there, it'll be a nice little area to to have uh, all three teams there. Yeah, so, so it'll be the only nice area in Detroit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's because it's where all the money is being funneled through. <laughs> the Pistons will be begging to come back. They'll be trying to get out of the suburbs. That was mentioned actually. That was mentioned that you know maybe the Pistons will come back if they're going to have this huge sports complex. Maybe the Pistons will come back there and play. So, who knows? Not to get it too far off uh, subject. So, well, anyway, we're about, I don't know, about 45 minutes or so into this. Uh, we've got, I, I think we can get into our special segment here. We'll get into the first one. Uh, so, without further ado, let me, let me play the intro here. And uh, here we go. Man, I wish I could go back in time. I take state. <laughs> there we go. I love that intro. Second um, time I've heard that song today. <laughs> heard it on the way home on the '80s channel. It's serious. <laughs> You know, I've been and, listening and enjoyed it both times. Yeah. <laughs> so we're here. We are with the, our uh, our summer one of our summer features, which is the uh, Blackhawks back in time. Last uh, shoutcast we did the two thousand two thousand one Blackhawks. So we'll move it up one year. We'll go to the two thousand one two thousand two Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. You can follow along if you're listening. Uh, through hockey-reference.com. You can look it up, look up the roster. There's plenty going on here. And I know last time we had uh, the great Elpo Suhonen <laughs> era of the Blackhawks. Um, now now we, we, we start with this year, we start with the Brian Sutter era of the Blackhawks. Uh, this this season they were, uh, they were a little better than they were this season. I think they actually kind of reversed the record because I think... Uh, if I remember correctly, in 2000, 2001, they were like 27 and 41. This time, they're actually 41, 27, 13 and 1. And they had 96 points. So they had a little bit of a turnaround. 
you know, gave you that false sense of hope with the playoff appearance this year. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened in this <laughs> league, right? Uh, they lost in the quarterfinals to the Tire Fire St. Louis Blues. Uh, they were actually, it wasn't even close. It was a 4-1 series, so uh, it, it was definitely a false sense of security with uh, with this team. That was one of Quinville's Blues teams, wasn't it? Probably. It probably yeah, I believe, was. I believe it was, yeah. I could look it up, but it probably was, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you know, this team probably won't be as fun as the last team to go over, but... Definitely, there's there's some interesting points to go over on this team. Uh, we could uh, <laughs> some teams are going to be or some names are going to actually be repeated. The uh, we'll go. I think we'll go by position this time. We'll sort by position, and we'll start with the left wings. Uh, of course, we you, you can't go without start. You can't start without the legendary Bob Probert. You know, uh, he only had a goal and three assists, but, you know, it is Bob Probert, so. Uh, then we move down the line. Uh, we start with uh, the B from the ABC line, who we uh, talked about before last week. Actually, the B and the C from the ABC line, which is Mark Bell and uh, Kyle Calder, both listed as left wings, but, when, you know, they were split uh, later on down the road. So run out and get your uh, Mark Bell jersey. <laughs> or as if you listen to the Hockey Night uh, podcast with the, uh, the story of Mark Bell and his uh, shrimp cocktail, I'll just I'll just uh, say that much about it. I had my Mark I had my Mark Bell jersey converted to a Jake Dowell. <laughs> Jake Dowell, who just recently signed in the AHL to an AHL deal this week. But that, that's why they need to retire 28, so guys like Mark Bell ain't wearing it. it well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and you have, the, you have the next one, Kyle Calder, who was wearing number 19. Who, yeah. yeah, that that's not going to happen ever again. <laughs> so They actually both had decent years. Bell had 28 points. Calder actually had a 53-point season, 17 goals, 36 assists. That's not too shabby. But, you know, look who we're talking about. Uh and uh, it looks like it looks like a majority of the Blackhawks scoring was done at the left wing, because <laughs> you had Daze, Calder, and Bell all playing left wing. Daze led the Blackhawks with seventy points, thirty eight goals, thirty two assists. I think he actually uh, he stayed he stayed healthy for a good majority of the season when he played eighty two games. Eighty two games. How how rare was that for an Eric Daze? got to be the only time. Uh, well, let's see here. He played 82 games one time in his career. That was it. <laughs> you are correct. And after that, he played 54-19-1. and one. <laughs> So, <laughs> that was the peak right there. And for the record, I'm not even looking at his career <laughs> stats. That was a total guess. That was the apex of <laughs> Eric Daze's career. Let's retire that number 55. <laughs> number no 55. Comment. No comment. <laughs> So there we have Eric Daze. Uh, we have Steve Dubinsky, not to be re- not to be uh, confused with Brandon Dubinsky. Uh, Casey Hankinson, who 
I couldn't have remembered if you, if he was in a Jeopardy question. Uh, he had no points, of course. A robust zero points. So he was kind of like the Matt Carey of last year. You're yeah. not going to remember him? <laughs> Pretty much. He played... He was 25 years old. He played three games. He was a negative two. So... Yeah. This is the most discussion Casey Hankinson is going to get <laughs> anywhere. Right here. <laughs> so let's... We'll just move on to the... Uh, to the centers. You will start off in alphabetical order, not in actual points order. Good old number 39, the A from the ABC line, Tyler Arneson. 22-year-old Tyler Arneson with his three goals and one assist. <laughs> uh, the the start of the ABC line is right here in 0102. You can mark it down, folks. Uh well, let's do a little. Let's do a little more digging into the Arneson. Into Mister Arneson. There he is. Uh, that was his. He was oh one oh two. That was his virtually his rookie year. He played twenty games, so that probably I think that qualifies him. No, no, actually, the next year he played eighty two, and he was number fourth. For, he was ranked number fourth for the Calder in that next season with thirty nine points. And then the following season, I cannot understand this. In the 0304 season, he was ranked number 23 for the Lady Bing Trophy. <laughs> With a robust negative 13 for plus minus. But he had 55 points. And that was the apex of his career. So good old Tyler Arneson, number 39. Oh, God. And he's a Pisces, too. Just like me. Yuck. What does that say? It's a good uh, thing you're a goalie. I guess so, yeah. So, uh, after Arneson, we have 1,000-year-old uh, Igor Korolev. At the time, was only 31, but he had a 29-point season for the Blackhawks, wearing, wearing the uh, the very busy number 22. Uh, him and Adam Creighton sharing the same jersey number. <laughs> For those of you who remember Adam Creighton. Um, after that, we have, again, we we uh, we brought this guy up last time because his son was just drafted by uh, Toronto. Uh, Michael Nylander, his son, was drafted by Toronto this year, right? I believe it was Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. Yeah. Number 92. Uh, he had actually had a good year. 61 points, 15 goals, 46 assists. It's not too bad. It's not too shabby. So, and He's the last Blackhawk to have four goals in a game. Uh, yeah. I, that's, a good, that's a good stat because I didn't know that. I know, I know uh, Amante did when he first came over to the Blackhawks. Like that mm-hmm. first year he had that four-goal uh, game. But I didn't know Nealander did. So... Uh, uh, Pascal Rayom, <laughs> whatever, with his two assists, I guess. Number 15, good old number 15. Peter White. I remember Peter White. I don't know why I remember Peter White, but I do remember number 11, Peter White, playing for the Blackhawks. So, um, 
Uh, I thought he was like... Wasn't Peter White like a... Uh, wasn't he up for the... Uh, top college prospect or something one time? I thought he was. I don't know too much about Peter White. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Yeah. He was with Michigan State. Yeah. I think he was. He was at Michigan let's, State in 91-92, which is my senior. Let's see what his Wikipedia page says. That was my senior year in high school. The Hobie Baker. I believe he was a Hobie Baker winner or or maybe a uh, finalist when he was at Michigan State. Uh I'm just going. I'm just playing off memory, so I don't know that for sure. But I thought he was somewhere in there. Not that he did anything. Uh, da, da, transactions. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Peter White. Again, another player. This is the most you're going to hear hear about Peter White. And geez, another Pisces. I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, moving on to the next one. Good old Alex Jamnoff, who was never going to live up to the hype after being traded for... Uh, JR. Yep. Sad, sad time in Chicago. He had 67 points. Not too bad. He, when you look back, he actually ranks pretty high in all-time scoring, but no one will ever like him. <laughs> or ever would. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he was damned before he ever walked in the, the, United, you know, the Chicago Stadium doors. Or United Center doors. He was just, he was damned. Yep. No one was going to like him because they were going to want him to replace JR. And he just never was going to replace JR. So, yeah. Uh, then we'll move down. Let's see, we'll move down to the right wings. My favorite player of that, that era, Tony Amante. Uh, who was one point less than Jamnoff. He had 66. And uh, that, that was right behind uh, Daze, who had 70. So Tony Monte, twenty-seven goals, thirty-nine assists. That was pretty much towards the end of Tony Monte's Blackhawks career. I believe he. Uh, let's see, a one hundred and two. Yeah, yep. he was traded after that. He ended up in Phoenix and then Philly and then Calgary, but uh, that was the end of Tony Monte in Chicago. Uh this guy, I wouldn't know this guy if he fell out of the sky and smacked me in the face. Jim Campbell, number another number 15. 28-year-old Jim Campbell with his two points. Uh, we'll go down again to number 44. What are the best numbers that you could wear? Uh, Aaron Downey, who I think did play end up, end up playing with Detroit down the road. Yeah, he did. He finished his career, actually. With uh, Detroit, after playing with Montreal for a couple of years, playing with the Tire Fire in St. Louis for a couple of years, playing he's pretty much just stayed in the Central Division: Dallas, St. Louis, and Detroit. And he played with Montreal, of course, but he pretty much just hung out in the Central Division for a while. And this is interesting enough: he liked to keep his numbers in the 40s, apparently, because he wore 45, 49, 44, 47, 47, 47. 20 and 44. So he's, he's like a kind of, relief pitcher. Yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> now, I can sympathize because I wear number 48. So, but you know, that just has personal, you know, this just has a soft place in my heart that, that number because that was my football number in high school. Aren't the 40s normally uh, AHL numbers? Yeah. 
unless well, you get someone a like shot Aaron. at Aaron Downey. Yeah. Yeah. unless you get someone like Aaron Downey who wants it. Yeah. You don't see too many forties. I mean, come on, look at Rob Brown. Oh, I love Rob <laughs> Brown. Oh, don't 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 blaspheme the name of Rob Brown. That was like he was awesome in the AHL, and then he couldn't do shit in the NHL. I mean, he did have a de- couple decent years, but you know, just look at the blog. Uh, oh, God, I can't. It, it's skipping my or it's uh, it's escaping my memory right now. But where Rob Brown got knocked out, uh, shit. Anyway, uh, after Aaron Downey, you've got Tom Fitzgerald, who's some journeyman. Uh, Matt Henderson, good old Mike Peluso. I always liked Mike Peluso. He wore number 44, too. I always liked Mike Peluso, him and Stu Grimson. Uh, Steve Sullivan uh, with a 60-point year. This is, again, probably right before he was sent away. Uh, Yeah, he played like a couple more years in Chicago and then ended up in Nashville for most of the end of his career. Uh, the 02, the 01-02 season, yeah. 60 points, 78 games. You know. Good for a guy who's 5'9", I guess. Tevu. He was impossible to check in like NHL 04 or 06. I can't remember the year. <laughs> but whatever year he was on Nashville the first year, he was impossible to check. Yeah. Yeah, he was. he was like a little water bug. Uh, the next one is one of one of the Blackhawks reclamation projects where they like to bring back these guys, <laughs> you know, when they're done, their season, you know, their, their career's over, bring them back to play, you know, what, 20 games or whatever the case is. Steve Thomas. Steve Thomas was a pretty cool guy back, back in the, like, 90s, 80s and 90s when they brought him over from Toronto. I mean, the guy had a the guy had a cannon for a shot. He, uh, you know, he had a couple. He had a forty goal season, a couple forty goal seasons, uh, and uh, most notably, he was in uh, Youngblood, <laughs> the movie Youngblood. <laughs> <laughs> Made an appearance in Youngblood. He's a movie star. Let's see, after he left to Chicago, he was in it with the Islanders, the Devils. Uh, he went back to Toronto for a while and then back to Chicago. So he basically did the retirement tour back through <laughs> Toronto and then Chicago. I'll never get that. He was 38 years old and he was basically running on fumes. So I don't, I didn't even remember that they brought him back until I saw this. So... I actually, I actually really did like Steve Thomas the first time around, but second time around, I mean, it's no thank you. It's like the second time <laughs> of bringing, it's like the second time of bringing Harvey Bullen around. <laughs> it's pr- pretty much the equivalent. Uh, the last winger on the on the forwards was Ryan Vandebush, the face puncher of the team, the Brandon Bolig yeah. of that team. Although Pelusa was a face puncher too, but uh, yuck. Uh, this is the, uh, the, the the defense. The defense always seems to be the most interesting part. 
Well, the goalies were uh, we were pretty much the same goalies we brought up last time. Uh, Jocelyn Tebow, who I've made no secret about not liking, and Steve my, Passamore. My license plates are a tribute to Tebow. Come on. Oh, <laughs> you just lost Little major 41. points. Come on. You just lost major points with me on that. <laughs> and then Steve Passmore, the uh, the Hockey Knights' favorite black hockey goalie, Steve Passmore. Wasn't that uh, this year the year Tebow made the All Star team too? Uh, that I don't know. Uh, I can I look think that it up. was. Yeah, let's see, a one hundred and two. One hundred and two. He led the league with one hundred and eighty goals. No, no, that's an a one. I would say in a one he led the league with one hundred and eighty goals against. He was yes on the All Star team in a one hundred and two. That was his, his only All Star appearance. And then uh, he played one and a half more seasons for the Blackhawks, and then that's pretty much... chip fell apart. Yeah. I got to find the old uh, Jocelyn Tebow bobblehead I got lying around somewhere. (laughs) Well, there's the Jocelyn Tebow uh, McFarlane that uh, Forklift at Hockey Night always talks about, where he's basically... uh, (laughs) Drinking the water bottle? Yeah, he's drinking the water bottle after giving up a goal. What kind of pose is that? <laughs> so, uh, but let's finish off the defense because these are always the most entertaining parts. Uh, we'll start off with Vladimir. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Vladimir Chabotkin. <laughs> I have. I. I honestly never. I don't remember this guy. Good old number 55, although he played, he wore 45 for the Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, he that was his last year, last year of his NHL career after playing with uh, the Islanders in St. Louis. So he's probably playing in the KHL with Anton Babchuk right, right now. now. Yes, currently <laughs> right now, and probably winning awards. <laughs> He actually did. Uh, oddly enough, his career did end. He did end in the KHL <laughs> in 08-09, He played for in the KHL. He played eleven games. So there you go. At thirty-three years old, I thought he might have been like a Yuri Slager and held on for another ten years past his prime. Eh. If he had a prime, <laughs> I don't think this guy had a prime. I'll speak in a KHL terms. Yeah. So there, uh, yeah, Vladimir. We'll just we'll just call him Vladdy. Uh, after Vladdy, we have Phil Housley, Blackhawks legend Phil Housley, uh, with his uh, thirty nine points, led the defensive core. And then after that, he pretty much bowed out. Yeah, he played one more year with the Blackhawks after that, and then uh, pretty much ended his career. Uh, Pat Foley's favorite, favorite defenseman once again, Alexander Karpatsev. <laughs> you can play that Pat Foley thing every every segment probably. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it never gets old. And he's probably tired of hearing about it because he probably is like, oh, man, I, I just went off. I flew off the handle. <laughs> but I remember you? watching that game when it happened. When you're right, you're right, I guess. 
after Karpatsev, you got John Clem. I know, Pat, you were very excited to see. That was a huge free agent signing, man. I'll never forget it. The John Clem era. (laughs) Played all 82 games, 20 points, 42 penalty minutes. Can't really tell you what he did out there. A whole lot of nothing. A whole lot of nothing is right. Um, after they got they got him from that juggernaut in uh, Denver. Uh, after after John Clem, you got Chris McAlpine, Steve McCarthy, good old Boris Moranoff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, these names are great. This is the best name coming up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Former Montreal legend, Lyle Odeline, (laughs) who played all of, what, 12 games here? Yeah, 12 games for the Blackhawks with his two assists. Uh, Just just another reclamation project the Blackhawks put put together. Wasn't he a captain for Columbus? Uh, He may have. He was. He was on Columbus. Yeah, he played Columbus for like. I thought three he years. was. I thought he was their original captain. He may have been because, uh, well, highlight of his career. Well, when your captain gets a negative sixteen in his first year <laughs> and a negative twenty eight in the following year, you just got to throw a C on his jersey. <laughs> Yikes! So Montreal and New Jersey uh, legend Lyle Odeline. Uh, after that, you have uh, Steve Popes, who was the Blackhawks minor league coach for a while. I don't know where he's coaching now. Joe Rieke, I remember Joe Rieke, who started his career with the Islanders. And I only remember that because he came up the same time that Mike Ricci came up. So you had Ricci and Rieke coming up at the same time. That's the only reason I remember his name. Could you imagine Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek with that? <laughs> Richie and God. Richie. <laughs> <It'd> be horrible. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll finish off this uh, this week's Back in Time with good old Yaroslav Spashek. As you like to say, the... Uh, go ahead, Pat. <laughs> uh, he was so good, you had to trade for him twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And this was unfortunately the last, uh, or the first stint. This was the last year of. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. So. I'm looking at his career stats. He's got a fantastic minus 23. Two years from in uh, it's his second year in Columbus. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There. There you go. Well, <laughs> it's Columbus. <laughs> so that's that's this week's back in time. The uh, the old 102 Blackhawks. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. That brings us... Jeez. That actually went pretty fast, to be honest with you. Uh, I expected that to drag on a little longer. Or maybe it just seems like it was longer. So, uh, There's only so much of John Clem talk that he could take in a a shout. Getting getting John Clem to sound interesting is really... It really is... You know, just pride swallowing. So, uh, next time around, I think uh, when we when we have Greg on, we will do the uh, what oh two oh three Blackhawks, and uh, when the decline starts, (laughs) yeah, the The dark years, steep, steep decline. Yeah, this is pretty much when I uh, you could call it the dark years for me too, because this is pretty much when I. 
I lo- I just I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. I couldn't stomach. Uh, I just couldn't stomach Bill Wirtz anymore. I think the o one o two season for me was uh, also the last time I peaked as a goalie in my hockey playing career, <laughs> and it was all downhill after then. Too, yeah. so. Well, there you go. You mirrored the Blackhawks then. Yeah, I mirrored Jocelyn Tivo. There you go. <laughs> Especially after Monty left, there wasn't no one to cheer for. No. No, I still, I actually, just tonight, ironically enough, my uh, kid ripped my uh, Tony Amante jersey out of the closet and was carrying it around the house. <laughs> the, the old good old days, Tony Amante. I love that hair, though. Even though I don't have any. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. Uh, this this week on Twitter we did the hashtag favorite Blackhawk of all time and I, yeah. I was amazed how many people put Tony Amani as their favorite. Yeah, yeah, there was I liked I liked Amante. I, I when when it was the the Amante to Rona connection that was awesome. That really was. I kind of took over Amani. Kind of took over for me when uh, Ronick was traded. That's how I kind of fell into the Amani fan club. Yeah, he was really all that was left. Yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah, that's I uh I kinda lost I, I couldn't handle I wasn't gonna pay for tickets with Bill Wirtz at the helm. And uh I, I just I, I couldn't do it. So I pretty much went dark for a couple of years until probably like oh eight. So I probably took about six years off from just completely not even paying attention to the Blackhawks. I, I couldn't do it. You know, after all the heartbreak with the you know the cup finals in the in the early nineties and then basically they were just shitting all you know Wurtz was just shitting all over the team so so I was still in high school when this whole turn towards the dark era happened so I was still getting a fifteen dollar ticket for seven bucks for presenting my high school ID so <laughs> I still made my way to like twenty games a year so yeah see I was in my mid twenties and I just <laughs> I I had 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 enough so. So this is good. That actually is a good segue, and I guess we'll actually go through this segment after pushing it off for about three different shoutcasts. Um, if you search on uh, puckandhustle.com, uh, I actually reposted this. This I posted on MySpace at the time. This tells you how long ago this was, because MySpace hasn't been relevant since then. Uh, I actually posted up the first post that I ever constructed, and I uh, I actually put it on. Uh, it was Second City Hockey at the time, back when uh, Fells and those guys from the Committed Indian ran it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to give myself, you know, I'm going to give myself a little try at uh, creating the Blackhawks after you know after their season. They had a good season, and uh, it was the o- the o eight o nine season actually. So. Um, it took me probably forever to write this. So I'm just going to paraphrase a lot of it. I'm not going to go like through completely all of it because there's some people in here and, and stuff that uh, just basically are irrelevant. But um, this was the 0809 season. Savard was the coach. Uh, then he basically got fired, what, 10 games in? Eight games in, six games in, something like that. I thought it was four. I it was four. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it was. Why you let a team, why you let a coach go through 
all of camp and then fire them four games in is beyond me. But oh, didn't the uh, Flyers do that this past year though? With uh, Laviolette? I don't think it was that much. I think they lost like nine in a row or something. I know it was only a handful of games. Yeah. I don't think it was. I didn't think he got past ten games. Uh yeah, you may be right. But this is the year that uh, Savard was canned after four games. Uh, we kind of all knew this was going to happen because Quenville was hired as a consultant, quote-unquote. So we knew Quenville was going to end up in there. Uh, pretty much, you know, we here we are, you know, in 2014, Quenville's still the coach, and two Stanley Cups later. So uh, basically all I said was, you know, with uh, – as with anything, there's going to be questionable decisions, but I have to give him credit for a few. First was making Javi Boulin the go-to go guy. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of me laughing at myself on this one. His first was making Javi Boulin the go-to guy. He's clearly the most experienced and dependable guy for a tough playoff run. <laughs> oh, my God. This is my face turning red as I'm reading this. <laughs> the second was moving Havlite to play with Cannon Tays. This is one of the most talented lines in the entire NHL. Shades of Secord, Savard, and Larmer. And of course, Havlite soon disappeared, you know, soon ended up somewhere else. But uh, he was good here. It, 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 his Blackhawk career ended pretty well. Uh, other than that, what did I say? Uh, that was that for Quenville. I mean, didn't uh, Havlat's career or career with the Blackhawks pretty much end because of Cronwell? Yeah, he was. He, well, yeah. Well, at least that's how I remember his career with the Hawks ending. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. He actually played pretty well. He had pretty some pretty good stats towards towards that last season. He battled through some injuries and stuff. And actually, shocking. Healthy enough. <laughs> yeah, which was shocking. Yeah, because he hasn't done that in any other time in his career. Yeah. I'm glad he was able to jump over the boards, you know, and not injure himself in yeah. his Blackhawks tenure. Yeah, were you going to say something? I, he, he was pretty good in the 09 playoffs. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the end of his uh, Blackhawks career. So he went out on a high note. He even had an overtime, overtime winner, I think. Yeah. He was, yeah, but then, of course, you have the old Havlet and the new Havlet. The new Havlet was Hosa. So, you know. Have like got got passed into the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I went down the line and talked about the forwards, basically probably in in uh, alphabetical order. Starting off with the good old Dave Bolin. Uh, this is I'm sure no one expected 18 goals and 46 points out of him, but he proved to be a great player with a lot of heart. In a perfect world, he's probably an excellent third line center. He doesn't have the finesse of a top two center, but he's done a perfect job. of for what he's been asked for. Asked for. Uh, one of the me- many pleasant surprises of that year. Well, that's, yeah, that's pretty much spot on on that one. He's nothing but a, you know, third line center, unless he's playing in Florida. <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> Making, what, five mil a year in Florida? Let's go 5.25, yeah, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but come on, Florida's a playoff team now in the East. Yeah. God, they probably are. That's the scary part. <laughs> the Rockford Ice Hogs would be a playoff team in the East. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go down the line a little bit. Well, we'll skip through like some of these people. Let's see. 
Troy Brower, this is a guy that handled was handed the golden spoon from game one. He was put in with the two of the most promising young players in the NHL. He had 10 goals, 26 points, and it doesn't exactly make you jump up and down. Uh, he's probably a solid third-line guy with some grit. I feel Quenville let his let this combination go on far too long. Uh, he should he should have put Marty up with the kids a lot sooner, let them build that chemistry. I'm not comfortable with him being the old man of the top line at a right bold 23. Uh, injuries caught up with him. He was forced else. He was forced elsewhere once Marty clicked with the kids, and uh, which he's where he should be right now. Basically, was on the third line, and he ended up being traded for a draft pick and sent to Washington, where he sits now. Uh, nailed it. Yeah, pretty much nailed it. Yeah, let's see. Next next in line, we have good old uh, 37, Burwood, Adam Burrish. Uh, classic overachiever. Nothing flashy about Burrish, but he, he has huge heart and a motor that doesn't quit. I really like what I've seen out of, out of him, and it's great to see him throwing his body around game after game. Sounds a lot like uh, Andrew Shaw. Uh, he plays the game like it should be played. Oh, man, I really got into this one. <laughs> uh, as I'm reading this, I'm regretting these words. <laughs> when I see him streaking around, I can't help but think of how he would fit right in those late 80s, early 90s teams. Okay, maybe. <laughs> He's certainly one of the fan favorites, and I, uh, and reportedly a fan favorite with the ladies. Ooh la la. He reminds me of Mike Peluso. Sure, I guess, yeah. I hope to see him around for a while. Okay, I regret that. <laughs> Six goals, nine points, nothing to sneeze at, but he's a total character guy. Yeah. As his career is dying in San Jose. Uh, the next one, one of my greatest points of contention with the Blackhawks. Number 33. The big fluff. Dustin Bufflin. Uh, so sometimes I think he should be called the Big Fluff. Or there you go, right there. Someone somewhere has this fascination with this kid. He's one of the biggest guys on the team, and he gets lost out there. He often looks confused with the puck and just confused overall with what his role is. He's played D, he's played O, he never looks comfortable at either. I guess he's just, he, <laughs> I guess he has a talent when he applies himself. He can just lay out anyone in the league. Uh, you rarely see that. Q needs to sit him down, define his role, define a role he can fit in, and uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. I can see him as more of a second liner at best and a failed footnote in Blackhawks experiments <laughs> at worst. <laughs> well. <laughs> Nailed that one. <laughs> Good old yeah. stay puff buff. Yeah. It's it's good that I can laugh at my own stuff. Yeah, well, you know, for all the meatballs out there trying to get Big Buff back here in, in a Blackhawks uniform, because we don't got enough size in front of that net. Got to get Big Buff to stand in front of the goalie. They should sign Dustin Penner. Sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so he could hurt himself eating pancakes. It's the only reason they should sign him. Yeah. <laughs> So there you go, Bufflin, who basically is in the barren wasteland of Winnipeg, and no one knows what to do with him there. So, uh, 
Next in line, uh, we have Big Ben Eager. Uh, basically, if he's the uh, if if you got an enforcer on the team, it's Eager. Which you know, if if you can't define someone as an enforcer, like definitively, then he's not an enforcer. Brandon Bolig, I'm looking at you. Um, let's see, he's no pro, he's no Bob Prover, but as as enforcers go, he's no Stu Grimson either. Uh, I doubt you're going to hear any team mumbling about Ben Eager's jackhammer right hand <laughs> and how you have to watch out for him. On the other hand, to his credit, he's stepped into some pretty large skates. He's young and has time to develop. <laughs> uh, one of the highlights of the season was his crafty goal in the Winter Classic. It was a pretty goal. Um, that's something that'll go down in history, and I would have never guessed the nicest goal the Blackhawks would score in that game was Ben Eager. Not I. Uh, 10 goals, 14 points, Consider uh, considering his role. There you go. See, the highlight for me for Eager that year was his uh, role with Bieksa in that line brawl. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Well, you know. There you go, Ben Eager. Uh, my buddy, uh, we talked. I talked about this with uh, Zach in the in the interview. My buddy Billy looks just like Ben Eager, beard and all. Looks just like him. So anyway, uh, moving down the line, uh, you have Colin Frazier. Uh, here's a guy no one had rate, had rated very high as a prospect, but has stepped in and found a role as a fourth line center. You're not going to get great speed or a blistering shot, but uh, he's a role guy. Uh, there you go. See, I, was a, I was a big Colin Frazier fan. Eh. Just because of the, he accepted the role and he was a fantastic fourth. He's player. basically, uh, you know, like a poor man's Marcus Kruger. Yeah. Is really what he ended up being. He's also a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Though. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> One time he watched from the press box. <laughs> Actually, a couple times he did, because I don't think he played much. I don't think he'll get his name on the cup the third time, but no, he should get a ring for it. No. Or he will get a ring for it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, he won. You got to bring him back. He's he needs that experience. <laughs> yeah. Character guy in the locker room. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy we already discussed slightly. Martin uh, Havlett. As I call them, Marty Crutches Havlat. So I never thought I'd, re- I'd mention the words injury-free and uh, Havlat in the same sentence. But he has, he has had a remarkable and injury-free year. For the first time as a Blackhawk, I've seen him put a little fear into opposing teams. His stick-handling shooting, overall playmaking, like an all-star, of course. Uh, it's a contract year for him, which obviously let him go. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Dale Town had a big decision to make, which was let him go. This is certainly why I'd never want to be a GM. Da 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 da. Dale Town, of course, we know what happened to him too. Uh, when is twenty seven? He was only twenty seven at that time. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Future. There's really not much more into that. I mean, this was his last year. Uh, Kane. This is his second year, his sophomore year. Uh, it's hard to hard to think that we're now you know into their you know their extensions now you know. It's hard to believe it's actually teetering on almost uh, the second half of the almost to the ten year mark with them. 
Right, yeah. Uh, Patrick Kane, sophomore slump, hasn't hit him. Uh, he followed up a great rookie rookie of the year campaign. Uh, Let's see, if he has a solid final two games of the season. Yeah, I wrote this with two games left. Uh, he could tie his point total from the previous season. 70 points a year is good. Uh, da, da. I said he should have neared the 85-point range. Something he really needs to look into is his plus-minus, <laughs> which has been negative in the last two years. A top-line guy, it should be in the plus. Uh, that said, he's a top NHL player and should be for years to come at 20 years old. He has a lot of good years ahead. How about a scoring title right here in Chicago? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You could get one now with Richards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now that he finally has a second-line center, who knows what could happen. Because he dragged uh, Hansers' dead fucking carcass around the <laughs> rink all year long. And, uh, you know, it's not like Andrew Shaw is... I mean, well, he has his place. Andrew Shaw is not a playmaking center for... Patrick Kane. Uh, he had, what, 29 goals with Hanzus. Missed yeah. the last three weeks of the season. What can he do with a real center? Yeah. Yeah, well, we could hope. That's that's the one thing we have. That's the one uncertainty that we have to look forward to coming up. So. You mean to tell me Sammy Paulson wasn't his center? <laughs> it's Sammy Paulson's later down the list. <laughs> you almost yeah you almost got there before we hit Sammy Paulson let's hit Andrew Ladd this is this this guy Andrew Ladd is we actually at the time he was one of my favorite Blackhawks I just loved Andrew Ladd I hated that they traded him away uh, this is actually when well I mentioned it in here it said when the Hawks traded away to Omarutu I asked myself who the hell is Andrew Ladd now we know he's been a solid third liner all year for most of the year, uh, he's had to shut down many of the top lines in the game, and he's been successful. He's gotten himself 13 goals, 46 assists, along with exceptional plus-minus of plus 23. He's not going to wow you with a stick handling through two guys, but he will bowl you over and throw his body around. He's shown to be a character guy, and he's done nothing but produce. Once again, he's another person that has some good years ahead of him at 23 years old. That was right on. That was a nail. I nailed that one. Uh while he's stuck in the barren wasteland of Winnipeg, he's still the captain there. And he was the captain in Atlanta. And uh, he's a pretty well-respected player around the league. So, uh, so after Ladd, we've got uh, the player you just mentioned, which is number two, good old number 26, Sammy Paulson. Uh, I hated this trade when they made it. I really did. I could not, for the life of me, understand why they traded for a guy that had mono. <laughs> <laughs> it made no fucking sense to me. Dale Talon, uh, he, uh, he, uh, he <sighs> I don't get it. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. What the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Yeah, I, I don't get it. But uh, it, what I said was, now I've been, uh, now I've never been a fan of uh, the trade for Paulson. I always thought his best days were behind him, and even his best days weren't mind-blowing. Uh, but based on their weakness at the center position, I could see how they needed to give it the old college try. I think we could have gotten more for what we gave up. Wizard was a great locker room guy and a solid defenseman. Oh, 
Yeah, after he railroaded Seabrook with a complete cheap shot weeks before you, uh, Seabrook was supposed to stand up at his wedding. But that's another subject altogether. Uh, I think we gave up a little too much chemistry for this guy. Granted, he's only played he's only played for a few games. I really don't see much that has impressed me, and I don't. Uh, we don't need one top center and a bunch of third line centers behind him, <laughs> which is basically what we just did for the last six years. <laughs> and somehow got two Stanley Cups yes, out of it. <laughs> a first line center and a bunch of third line centers behind him. Yep, it's exactly what we did for the last six years and won two Stanley Cups that way. So, yay me. <laughs> uh, I'll skip the next guy because he's a nobody. Pascal Peltier. Uh, Andrew Sharp. Uh, Patrick Sharp. Andrew Sharp. Patrick Sharp. One of the unsung heroes on the Hawks. Sharp, he followed up a career year last year with another, with another banner season. To show the league he's arrived. Uh, like in his rise to that of Steve Sullivan here in Chicago. No one thought much of him, but once he found a home here, he let things up. He's a perfect guy to build the second line around. Let's not even mention the fact that he's been playing out of position for most of the year. Center. <coughs> center. Uh, the top rest owes him to find a solid center for him uh, to work with in the offseason. Throw over Stiegel. Oh, God. <laughs> Throw over Stiegel up there with him and you have a great line. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it says, how is that Matt Allison trade looking for you now, Philly? Oh, God. Why did I have to throw that Rastig in there? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring him up later. That's the one that I fa- I miserably failed on. Uh, I kind of glossed over Jack Skilly. Here's a guy I've been hearing about for years. Big power forward, very limited action. I've seen nothing memorable. At this rate, he's going to team up with... Uh, Bunch of guys in Rockford. Yeah, pretty much. That was it. Thanks, thanks for Pro Lake. <laughs> yeah, thanks for Pro Lake, exactly. The Hawks drafted him and uh, could have had Kopitar, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, God. Yikes. Uh, now, as we start to uh, nail it down uh, at the end, uh, Johnny T. Good old number 19. The last person will probably wear 19 for the Blackhawks. Uh, what are, uh, this kid can play. Taves is face of the franchise at 20 years old. He's done nothing. That, he's done everything that's been asked of him. The only criticism I have of him is the bad penalties in the offensive zone. He was a little guilty at that time. <laughs> that aside, he's the next Blackhawks icon. Watch out, Troy Murray. Your number's going to be in the UF, UC Rafters someday with the name Taves <laughs> under it. That was pretty much... Easy to to predict. There was no that, that was not rocket science. There, I didn't. I wasn't Doc from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> but let's finish this off with one of our points of contention here. Chris Versteeg, number the good old number thirty-two at the time. Oh boy, this is I. I got to swallow my pride on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Versteeg, here we have one of the biggest surprises of the season. If you would have told me Chris Versteeg would be in the running for the Calder Trophy, I would have looked at you and said, who? After watching his spark, he has become probably my favorite player. <laughs> 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 uh, 
He's fairly <laughs> he's fairly quietly put together an excellent season with 22 goals and 52 points. If it weren't for uh, the goalie, goalies in Columbus and uh, Nashville, he might have had a serious shot for Rookie of the Year, which is true because he, he was up there. Uh, like, dropped off a bit in Toronto, but who hasn't? <laughs> and in Philly, found a home in Florida, dropped off. The, yeah, he did. He's done nothing. It's uh, definitely been well documented. Or everyone's feelings on Christopher Stieg. And I think we would all take a uh, ripped puck bag for him right now. But the cup half full guy says he's the comeback player of the year. <laughs> that's, that's the most positive thing I've ever heard about Christopher Stieg. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so hilarious. <laughs> wow. And if he's on the Hawks, it's 100% true. <laughs> yeah. That was a perfect time for that. Uh, so back to, uh, as with the last, uh, as with the last segment, we'll go down to the D. Well, let's, uh, I guess let's, 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 let's say the defense for last. Cause that's always the best one. You are, there's always the best though. The best, uh, for the goalies. Um, this is this is actually pretty good. The goalies, the goalies. This is how I remember. I remember very vividly. Um, we'll start off. Let's see. Let's start off. All right. We'll start off with the one I hate the most. Uh, good old number thirty-eight, and sometimes number thirty-nine, Cristobal Huey. <clears throat> Basically, the first. The first two sentences explain the uh, how I feel about Cristobal Huey. I don't like him, plain and simple. <laughs> I didn't agree with the signing the day they did it, and I still don't. He's overhyped and technically and a technically lazy goaltender. He really needs Bob Gainey uh, to thank for trading him to Washington last season. That team carried him in the, uh, to, to the finals. I believe it was like the conference finals. Or was he in the was it the Cup Finals that year? I don't know. Uh, and led to the silly contract the Blackhawks offered him. As he sits on the as, <laughs> as he sits on the bench warming his butt cheeks, he's laughing all the way to the bank. His play overall has been good if you go by stats, but if you watch him play, you'll see that he's laser lazy when recovering from shots, and his five hole is off awful. There's a reason L.A., Montreal, and Washington gave up on him. Unfortunately, Talon will never admit his signing was a mistake, so we're stuck with him for a few more years. And, uh, yeah, and uh, he was banished to the Swiss League because of that very reason. I hope that's the last I have to talk about Christian Ball Huey. I really do. So in addition to the Mike Vernon card I have for you, should I save the Christian Ball Huey one on the Blackhawks? Okay, I'll burn it. <laughs> <laughs> Burn that motherfucker. Um, and then uh, we will go to... We'll, we'll start working towards the goalies that I actually like. Uh, number 39 at the time, Nikolai Hubei-Bullen. This was his first go-around with the Blackhawks. And I said, Now I'm comfortable admitting that the day Hobby was signed, I was stoked. Four years and several disappointing seasons later, Hobby has finally found his game. Maybe it's because he finally had some legitimate competition, but he's been phenomenal. And he was good this year. I was even shouting for them to trade him at the last year's deadline and before the season started. 
I'm glad they didn't. I've always liked his style, and I've pulled for him to do well, but it, uh, it just wasn't working. He has had one of his best seasons ever, and he's been the veteran wall that they've needed for this team. The bad part is they'll never re-sign him. He's probably going to end up in somewhere like Detroit. <laughs> we'll miss him when he's gone. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe we didn't miss him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Javi uh, Bullen. We liked him so much, we re-signed him again to play, what, three games last year. <laughs> I saw somewhere that uh, someone was suggesting that he signs in Toronto. And I'm like, God, what, what the hell would Toronto want with him? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, all right, let's move next to uh, our franchise, our current franchise goalie, Corey Crawford. Uh, Corey Crawford. Now, granted, no one really knew much about Corey Crawford at this time. So take, keep this in mind. I'm beginning to ask myself who's serially pissed in because he's getting the shaft. Uh, I added him in even though he hasn't been able to sniff a dirty Blackhawks sweater this season. Last year he was anointed the future goalie of the Blackhawks when they let L- uh, Patrick Lim go. Game on, right? No. They signed Huey to some retarded overpriced contract and then they signed Niemi to take Crawford's spot in minors. Did he sleep with Dale Talon's daughters or something? <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but I hope he gets a shot somewhere that wants him. He's a good young goalie. I, I think I did all right there. And the, the Blackhawks actually hung with him long enough. He actually wrote it out long enough to, to, get, a, uh, to get a shot here. So, And then I will uh, wrap this, up, this, this particular position up. With uh, good old Auntie Niami, who is currently uh, uh, not doing so hot in San Jose. Uh, Auntie Niami, if I'm Corey Crawford, this is my arch enemy. I'm securely holding the top, or I'm securely holding down the top spot at Rockford, and they bring in this hotshot kid from overseas to take over. I can't say I've seen much of him, but he comes highly rated. In the games he's played, he looks like he's. Still a season away from an NHL backup duty. I see potential, and I prefer him over Huey when Javi is hurt. Even though Huey is clearly a better goaltender at this point, Niemi is not as sloppy technically. He's just isn't adjusted to the quality of the NHL shots. I really don't know if his future is uh, I don't know if his future of the franchise or solid trade bait. Personally, I, I like Crawford better, but that has nothing to do with talent. I would imagine Niami ends up the number one goalie somewhere in a few years, and it could be here. Having a European goalie isn't the worst thing in the world. Just look at Nicholas Backstrom, Pecorine, and a gaggle of others throughout the league. Niami and Crawford are the same size and almost the same age, so it comes down to talent. Unfortunately for Crawford, Q seems to like Niami. Well, there you go. We all know what happened with that the very next season. <clears throat> and where he's at now. <sighs> so, this brings us to defense. Uh, yeah, I kind of whiffed on this one, too. <laughs> God damn him. Number 25 on your programs, number one in your heart, Cam Barker. Cameron Barker, everyone. 
<laughs> Cam has been a pleasant surprise for the Blackhawks. Just a year ago, it looked as though he could be another overhyped high draft pick. <laughs> and here he is, one of the top defensemen on the team. Okay, I, I may have exaggerated slightly on that one. <laughs> He's made it easy to overlook Brian Campbell's virtual disappearance in crunch time. <laughs> It's amazing to see the poise and maturity he's found in a year's time. He ranks as one of the top power play defensemen in the entire league. <laughs> uh, oh, God. And uh, he has used his size to outmuscle people. And on uh, more than a few occasions, he's uh, made diving and sprawling stops on the defensive end. Add his heavy shot, and you have another young star in the making. You'd like to see him bring his plus minus up, but he's only 23. He has a bright future ahead. A couple things about Cam Barker really quick. Number one and number two in that draft, Ovechkin, Malkin, Cam Barker. How far did the talent fall off? Yeah. 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 And two, when you say several sprawling stops and everything like that, that was because he couldn't keep up with his lack of speed, so diving was more efficient for him. It, yeah, it, it wasn't even diving, it was more falling. Oh, I, I, hated, I, I hated Barker with a passion. So I had a little bit to go in refining my hockey, uh, <laughs> my, my, my hockey uh, scouting. I, I will admit... This was my first go around, so I guess you got to cut me a little bit of slack. So, uh, next uh, is, uh, as I say right here, the committed Indian guys called him Phantom 51 because he disappears, Brian Campbell. Uh, I hated I, I hated the salary they signed him to because it was so much, but I, I wanted them to get Campbell. It was kind of like a catch-22. But, uh, anyway... Everyone in Chicago wanted Campbell, and we overpaid to get him, so we can't really fault anyone but ourselves. Fast forward to present day and give up. Uh, fast forward to present day, and give up Hue and Campbell for Hosa. It's looking like it would have been a much better deal. Uh, where am I going here with this? Not only that, but save yourself a few million dollars. Oh, I was t- I was saying that they should have signed Hosa the year before, and not signed Campbell, and not signed Huey. Got it. Okay, I can't even follow my own logic here. <laughs> well, yeah, the Hosa thing, right? Yeah, well, yeah, they did. They went right the next year. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Campbell has shown some flashes of excitement, but for the most part, he's been a disappointment. For all the hoopla and the all-star shenanigans, he's barely been a top-four defenseman on his own team. Keith Seabrook Barker have all played better. Credit the Hawks' farm system for this dilemma because it's not a bad one to have, but Campbell needs to step up and stop the silly-ass spinoramas. That I will definitely stand by. Because nothing pissed me off more than his stupid spinoramas. Uh, we once had a beloved player here in the name of, uh, with the name of Dennis Savard, who trademarked the spinorama. And, uh, of course, you know, no, uh, no one but Pat Kane is going to be able to do that any, any bit of justice. Uh, just stick with the speedy puck-carrying power play quarterback defenseman. Uh, there you go. He did actually have, uh, he finished his Blackhawks career out with some nice seasons. So, uh, it kind of made me eat my words on that. 
Jordan Hendry, we'll leave him alone. Nicholas Jomerson. I remember being hard on Jomerson, so this should be interesting. Jomerson, again, a prospect we hear so much about. I've seen nothing that impresses me. (laughs) (laughs) He plays smaller than his size, and he gets out muscled. That's true. That was very true until just recently. Um, I'm not sure quite where he figures in. Oh, I'm not quite sure how he figures out properly to finish a check. But then again, that wouldn't be the first time a Swedish defenseman couldn't check. He's a bigger Nick Lindstrom, but hasn't shown it. Yeah, that that's still. Uh, maybe we could get lucky here. Don't hold your breath. He's very raw at this point. Maybe he'll be something to crow about in two years. <laughs> He's still very unfinished. For so many years, I, I, I bagged on uh, Jomerson because he got hit more than any person I ever saw in the league. He would absorb so many big hits. He was like, now Kruger's taking over that. But <laughs> Jomerson would just go in the corner and get crushed game after game after game. And I'm like, how can this guy put up with this? He's finally figured out how to avoid a hit now and then. His blind yeah. backhand pass against the boards was what used to drive me nuts. He kind of cut that out of his repertoire. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and you know, he definitely—if he was going to keep getting hit like he like he did, he, his his career wasn't going to make it as far as it has. So. Now he just can't afford the puck anywhere he goes. He blocks a shot. Yeah, yeah. See, number twenty-three, Aaron Aaron Johnson is a nobody. Let's see, I guess I really could. Uh, I guess they really got all they got out of Johnson, or they all they could have out of Johnson. He's not driving with potential. He's big. He's kind of slow, and he's done an admiral admiral job. His plus minus is plus nineteen and thirty six game is kind of freakish. Don't hand him the Norris Trophy, but he's stable basically. Yeah, basically, you know, Sheldon Brookbank. <laughs> basically, what it was, yeah. <laughs> But he didn't play forward. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> if he was here longer, I bet you would have been a forward. <laughs> Along with a couple of these other guys as I as I round out the list. Uh, Duncan Keith, quietly, he's uh, he's led a solid season at D. Sure, it's nice to have all the pressure on Campbell. Keith uh, does nothing but produce and leads by example. You don't hear complaining from him. He just shows... Game in and game out, why he's one of the classiest defensemen in the entire NHL. He's near the tops of the league in a plus-minus. Let's hope number two is roaming the Chicago Blue Line for many years to come. And as we all know now, he's going to be on that Blue Line for many, many years to come. Uh, Brent Seabrook, this guy, he's one of my favorite players. So <clears throat> Brent Seabrook on very few teams with Seabrook, or on a on, Oh, on very few teams would Seabrook not be the top blue liner. This is one of them. Like Keith, he's done nothing but show class and solid gameplay night in and night out. He's big, intimidating. He has no problem catching you with your head down. He's also another guy with freakish plus minus of plus 21. This core of big young defensemen has to make the league jealous. They're all on 25 and shown stellar composure. Yep, there you go. That pretty much nailed it. Um, (laughs) Next guy... Brent the Dong Sopel. Uh, the old man of the D. I, I didn't like Sopel. I really didn't. Uh, even I wasn't all that hot on him on the year they won the cup either. I thought he was overpriced at the time because he was. The old man of the D. 
At 32, hasn't shown much at this point. He's just a spot filler for one of the kids to finally step in the NHL. One goal, two points, 23 games, and a plus minus and minus four. Snoozeworthy. Yeah, of course, the next year he steps up and becomes, you know, the Brandon Bowling of the playoffs. <laughs> he was like my brother's favorite player on the Hawks. Was your bro- did your brother have a brain injury? I caught on to hockey right when it started getting good. That's all. Yeah, I mean, that's taking it a little far. Um, and uh, I guess we'll finish this off with the the last one, just a footnote name in Blackhawks history, which is number eight. Good old number eight, Matt Walker. <laughs> Said he must be bringing cute coffee every morning because he's just plain bad. <laughs> he's big. He's slow. He trips over his own feet. I'd rather watch one of the kids trip over themselves and get some serious time at the big club than watch Walker not be aggressive enough. I hope to God we don't see him in the lineup for the playoffs. And <laughs> and I happen to think Hobby Bullen feels the same way. So there you go. <laughs> I uh, I still stand by that. Matt the Walker. only Matt Walker highlight I could think about is when he broke his finger that one time. And took his glove off, and you saw it was all bent in different, you know, which ways. And the two ladies that were sitting behind the bench were about to throw up. <laughs> it could have only been an improvement because at that point in time, they probably just should have thrown him out there with a club instead of a stick. <laughs> he could have only done, you know, could have only done better because he couldn't get much worse. So, so that's it. That's our two special segments that we actually were able to get in tonight. Um, back in time. Blackhawks time machine and uh, my repost of my first article ever. I may actually re uh, read my, uh, which actually was my very first Blackhawks subject post, which was when the, the day after uh, Bill Wirtz died. But I'm going to save that for next. I'm going to save that for the next one. It's very short and to the point. So anyway, that's that's that. Um, anything you guys got rattling around over Blackhawk up, Keith? Now we're just we're doing countdowns now. We do a jersey countdown every day to the opening night, and then we do a top 100. So that's the the main thing we got going on right now. Yeah, I saw someone stole my my uh, my Red Ovan Arcs. This is my favorite Blackhawks player. <laughs> someone on Twitter stole it. I'm like you bastards. Of course, I got I had to throw that in there because that name's just great. That is an awesome name. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, I think with that, I think we've come upon our, about our two-hour mark. I don't know how we managed to, but we did. Uh, so, let's just uh, wrap things up. Uh, we will, uh, again, uh, as I say every time, uh, visit my, my man, John, over Black and Tan Sports. Uh, black, Facebook.com, black and tan, uh, slash back, Black and Tan Sports. Uh, all your jersey needs, league jerseys and pro jerseys. You can get them either or. Uh, check it out. Uh, we are Puck and Hostel. Uh, PuckandHostel.com, BlackHawksNews.com, BlackHawksBlog.com. You can find us under all those names. Uh, Pat, you can find Patrick underscore Stankus. Uh, he'll be contributing shortly as we get back into things. Uh, me, I'm Puck and Hostel. Or at Puck and Hostel. Uh, at Facebook, you can find us at facebook.com uh, slash Puck and Hostel. Uh, special thanks to Keith from Blackhawks Up. Or Blackhawk Up. 
<laughs> you keep throwing that S on there. You know, it's so hard when you're typing it out. You always want to throw the S on there because I'm so used yeah. to typing Blackhawks. <laughs> but uh, Keith Blackhawk up uh, and all your esteemed writers. Check them out. Uh, add them all on, Twitter, on the Twitters and read their stuff. A lot of good stuff going on there because... I'm glad they have some kind of uh, content to put up because we don't have much of much going on right now. So you guys are keeping it. You guys are keeping up the Blackhawks, uh, at least slightly above water for a while until <laughs> camp starts. Uh, a couple more shout outs, uh, like I do every time. Shout outs to the uh, the guys that committed Indian uh, Hockey Night, uh, Chris Block at uh, Third Man In Puck Chatter Radio. The guys that uh, cheer the anthem, all good guys. Uh, I, I do want to circle back. Uh, special little shout out to Sam Fells, that uh, the committed Indian. Uh, his brother passed away recently and suddenly, uh, which is pretty sad because uh, I believe he was probably only in his thirties. Uh, he was a writer on the committed Indian. He wrote uh, some some of the Cubs blogs. Uh, he was known at the committed Indian as ombudsman. Uh, you know, talented writer, smart guy. Him and him and Sam were Sam were both great writers. So, just want to share a little bit of a you know, our thoughts are out to the the Fells family and having to deal with that. And I know Sam lost his father not too long ago as well. So, credit to Sam for you know keeping in somewhat of a sense of humor and keeping his keeping his uh, composure with all this going on. So, uh, we're thinking about you, Sam, and your family. Uh, hang in there. Uh, Pat, you got anything you need? To... Uh, you pretty much touched uh, base on everybody. Uh, echo the statement you said about the Fells family. Yeah, yeah, they're, Sam's a good guy. If I can at least say he's a casual friend and uh, good guy. So hope all's going well. Keith, you got anything you want to uh, pimp or uh, any shout outs you want to give or anything like that? <laughs> I don't know about pimping anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> I got to pimp most of it for you, but yeah, if there's anything else you need to get out. Nah, I think we're good. I appreciate you having me on. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll probably you know now that we're finally getting the uh, getting all the uh, technical difficulties <clears throat> ironed out and everything, and we can start having uh, more uh, guests and things like that. I'm sure we'll circle back once there's more to really talk about. Because this is the same thing that happened with me with the hockey night guys. It seemed like every time I would get on with them, it was like mid-August or, or late January or July. I mean, when uh, nothing's really going on. Actually, I got on when the when the lockout when they were in the heart of the lockout and absolutely nothing was going on. <laughs> so uh, we'll get you back on too when uh, when the season gets rolling and you've got a lot more to talk about. Hey, yeah. Good. Cool, man. All right. Well, uh, Pat, thanks. Uh, Keith, thanks. And uh, as a good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting. And uh, as I say every time, and I do mean it, uh, don't be a meathead. I want to thank you again for coming down here and joining us tonight. I hope you had a great time because we sure did. And we will be back. You've been great. We've been Megadeth. Good night! Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.